Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Bonavis Hicks. And Father, in last week's episode, we discussed that your book that is already out. Um, in this episode, we're going to discuss a book that I have coming out that might be a shock to people who are listening to the show that I wrote a book called Casino Salesmaster, Winning Strategies to Beat the Odds in Sales and Life. And the reason I think that might be shocking is how can you do a show called Father and Joe where you talk to a priest and talk about relations and then write a book where the first word is casino? It's like the opposite that most people have when talking about the connotation of casinos in, in, in the faith, essentially. It seems very different. And on that note, I, I want to kind of hit that topic head on because I think it's important. The book itself isn't about counting cards or winning like a tactic of how to you know win at blackjack or something like that. It is really about relationships and how to sell correctly. Yes, it does take place on a casino floor. And yes, it does involve roulette when it's all said and done. But what it really is, is about how to build relationships to have a better sales life and have a better, ultimately life overall through relationships. And that has been the essence of essentially every conversation we've had together, Father, since we started in 2017. And that to me is 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 about why I wanted to address because it seems so stark about the whole episode of your book's talking about gambling, Joe. Like like at the end of the day, how is that Catholic? How is how is that approved by the faith? And that's kind of the question I want to use in this episode of talking about just the notion of gambling. I mean, we're also about to enter into football season in here in America, which is by far the largest gambling season that our country experiences. And I kind of just wanted to use this episode to talk about that and how it kind of uh, illuminates our faith. If it's expressly forbidden, if it's not, and you know, basically what the faith has to say about that entire notion. Um, so in the catechism in paragraph, uh, 2413, it says games of chance, card games, etc., or wagers are not in themselves contrary to justice. They become morally unacceptable when they deprive someone of what is necessary to provide for his needs and those of others. The passion for gambling risks becoming an enslavement. Unfair wagers and cheating at games constitute grave matter unless the damage inflicted is so slight that the one who suffers it cannot reasonably consider it significant. So that's uh, just a little word from the catechism about gambling. And uh, I I think that captures a a couple of things. So obviously we can uh, wager things. There's nothing wrong with it in itself. Uh, it becomes problematic if, you know, I've deprived my family of a livelihood uh, or somebody by their skill. And, and that's where casinos actually carry a fair amount of moral responsibility or even, you know, bingo at parishes and things like that. The lottery, that there's a responsibility uh, so, sort of like a bartender would have towards an alcoholic. It's one thing to say, well, it's his responsibility whether he drinks or not. Well, the bartender can also be responsible for continuing to serve someone who is clearly in a really bad way and then, you know, is going to go out and drive. So mm-hmm. there, it, it's not a it's not a complete uh, anyway. So obviously the primary responsibility is on the individual himself. But, 
you know, the establishment or the, the venue also has some responsibility um, towards, because there are, you know, it's uh, gambling is addictive. It's uh, there's a, there's a big rush that you get when you win and the potential to win is always there. And usually the people that lose the most are the ones who are also most dedicated to it and in danger of addiction. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, that's a, a little word about games of chance. I don't actually know uh, anything more about your book though. I imagine you're not just uh, writing a guide for gamblers. Uh, No, it's, it's definitely not just that. Um, So what it is, is at the end of the day, it's a book about sales and rather than being a dry textbook as anyone can go out there and get, it's about how I actually applied these skills when I was 25. So 10 plus years ago, um, how I use sales skills. And as you said, one of the most one-sided sales environments in the world, which is the casino floor. I mean, literally it's called the house edge. It's built for you to lose in the long run. And and that's what a casino environment is. Uh, But at the time I was just starting my house flipping business and me being me, I had the belief that everything would sell and we'd have plenty of money. I wouldn't have to worry about anything called liquidity um, and having enough cash at hand by the time that this trip came around. Well, fast forward, time comes to pass. That house didn't sell yet. And I had basically no money in my pocket. And I was flying out there with my three friends who had adult jobs and money in their pocket. And it was basically like, what am I going to be able to do aside from check into the hotel room and eat like a $4 burger to actually have fun out here and, and you know, have the vacation with the rest of them. So it was, how do you use sales skills in a way that is meaningful and going to have results and therefore replicatable. And at the end of the day, it also gets into a big problem with the way that sales had been done in this country since the sixties versus what they could be done and what they should be. And in that discovery is the fact that the old sales way is everything that makes people cringe about salespeople. I'm just forcing you into a thing. You're going to buy this. The only way you're going to get off the phone means if I get what I want, all that negative things that we instantly can think of as buyers when we ran in that salesperson we didn't want to see. That's not how it's meant to be. That's not how it should be. And the difference of how you get out of that mindset is actually by creating a connection with your buyer, knowing that I'm bringing something that is fair and you're bringing something that's fair. Like at the end of the day, I want to give you this because I know it's going to help you. You know, why should you buy this car for me? Because it's going to help you in your life moving forward. You are going to be giving me some form of cash. Is that going to help me? Yes. We're going to be able to go out and buy more cars to give to the next guy, not to mention to make sure that all of our employees get to eat. So at the end of the day, starting it from the mindset that it's an equal transaction versus the old mindset of a sucker is born every day, you see the the pure contrast there. And that's what we really dive into. And the way that it's applicable in uh, in the casino is the vast majority of casinos do not treat their people well. And when you're in an environment, and we've discussed this in a number of different ways, but when you're in an environment where essentially you're relegated to being a virtually unessential machine, which if you think about what a dealer at a casino is, that's mostly how they end up getting treated. They're just shuffling cards and sending them out. They're not even allowed to shuffle them anymore. A robot does it for them. 
So really, at the end of the day, they're just vending out cards across the board, or they're making sure you aren't cheating. I mean, that's really, at the end of the day, their primary responsibility. And it's not a very rewarding or happy or fun place to be for most dealers. It's very soul-crushing. But as the consumer, you essentially get to have the option of, do I change that or not for this person sitting across from me? Just as you would as being a bar, t- a, a person sitting at a bar in front of the bartender. Do you want to get all sloppy drunk and screaming and hysterical at the guy? Or do you want to be nice and courteous and have a conversation with him and treat him like a person? And it doesn't take very long to figure out that once they like you and you're someone who helps them, they want to keep you there. Well, in this specific transaction, I only stay if I still have money to play with. And then how does it come? Okay, now we got to keep you here, keep you here, keep you here, because I don't want to have all these other people around me who are negative that I don't want to be around. Um, but you are someone who's positive. So I'm going to do what I can to make it happen. And then there's obviously a dissection of how do you figure out which game at the casino actually does that apply to? There's only about three out of about the 500 million options. There's about three. Um, it's kind of done like that on purpose, uh, by the way. <laughs> but when you go through it, it, it has not, like I said, it has nothing to do with counting cards. They don't have control over it. It's what does the dealer, the professional dealer, have control over it. Dive into that a whole bunch. But it works repeatedly, and I have done it repeatedly, because it's a sale. These are all basic human relations that we all have. We all are natural salespeople. And this is what we dive into in the book very explicitly, the need to get yourself better at making relations. Obviously, there's parts about identifying your your ideal client and how to target them and all that important stuff you need, how to talk to them, how to all, all this fun stuff is in there. But the core essence of all of it is being better and being open to making human connections and how to prepare yourself for that and to put the other person in a position where they are comfortable being with you. Because there will never be a completed sale without the person feeling a reason for buying from you. Now, the old 60s method was the reason is is because your life's going to be hell if you don't. Like I'm going to make your life hell as a salesperson. But in reality, we don't need to do that anymore. There's this thing called Amazon. So I can avoid you altogether and I can just get something that I need. You know, I need to get this for whatever reason. And as a successful salesperson, it's getting that person to be vulnerable enough to share that with you and getting to what the real issue is. Um, you know, we've discussed this in many different ways here on, on this program, but that's the core of it. And what is all those skills? Being willing to be vulnerable with someone, expressing someone else's vulnerability without them feeling bad or hurt or used or any of those other negative things, but actually to build up good connections and desires to be with the people and at the end of the day, that's what the book is. Like I said, it's Casino Sales Master, um, winning strategies to beat the odds in sales and life. And the and life is really the essence of the book. And that's why it's the, the, I had to fight the publisher to get that part put in. But it's, it, it's, it's the key to it when you really go through it at the end of the day. That's cool. Good for you. Yeah, a uh, um, couple of things come to mind as you're describing that and it's a it's a really challenging concept in catholic morality to say it in this very simple way john paul ii calls it the personalistic norm and the basic um tenet of morality is that a human being is created for his own sake 
And it is always immoral to use a person as a means to an end. Mm -hmm. And and if you think about that, I hope that uh, raises some alarms for some of our listeners because we think, well, I use people all the time. I mean, I don't actually care about the guy at McDonald's. I just want to get my food. I don't actually care about the guy at Walmart. I just want to purchase my stuff. I don't really care about the mechanic. I just want him to fix my car, right? That's immoral. And, and that seems to me like the kind of shift that you're making from casino to sales uh, mm-hmm. in, in a certain way that- That's the goal, at least. You know, that, <laughs> it comes across that way. Right. I mean, it, a casino is a particularly uh, poignant environment for using each other. I don't care mm-hmm. about the casino. I want my entertainment. I don't care about the customer. I want his money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the way any any way that we use a person as a means to an end is is immoral, just to say it simply. Uh, now, the shift is in all of those ways, just how, you said it very beautifully. I'm just saying the same thing uh, over again with whatever coming from my my perspective. But, you know, we are collaborating on a common goal. That is to say, uh I, I am working and, you know, earning money for my family. You are looking for entertainment and we can work together on that mm-hmm. by trading goods, you know? So a trade of goods is, uh, is now a, a mutualized project, a collaborative project. And I'm going to do that better if I actually know you and care about you. You can think of the most, uh, I don't know, beautiful trading of goods that we do with good friends where we're not writing contracts and keeping records and, and uh, having strict justice around things where I'm actually excited to share the thing with you. I mean, our podcast is kind of a nice example of that, right? <laughs> Who's getting what out of what, you know, we're, we're working together. We're both providing something and we're doing it for the common end of, of sharing the faith. And we're bringing our own particular gifts to that. And, and we can do something together that neither of us can do individually. And that's, that's really the, the goal that we're aiming at with all of these things. And I love how you shifted sales in that direction. You know something about houses and somebody has a need for housing. And if you actually take the time to get to know them and care about their need, and then you can advise them in a reasonable way. I mean, you've got a ton of information about that Mm -hmm. just without even thinking twice about it. And what a blessing to be able to share that with somebody. And, and what a, a great relationship that builds when there's the kind of mutual trust around someone's need and your information or, or opportunities that you can provide for them. And then you, you know, you build up the kinds of relationships that's, I don't know, it, it seems to be like in books and movies, the kinds of things you had in, in a community. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it, it works that way in my life to a certain degree. I know whatever, doctors and real estate agents and lawyers and politicians. And, and I provide something for free for them all the time in spiritual direction and prayer and ministry. And then when I ask them, hey, I, I've got this legal question or I've got this situation, you know, can you help me? Or I have this friend who's sick, you know, can you give me some guidance? And happily, willingly, we, you know, we, we share that then and nobody's counting. Well, you know, you gave me three sessions and so I'm going to give you three of these things back. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's the kind of mutuality that, uh, w- that we're aiming towards. Total mutual self-gift, which is what heaven looks like. We get there along the lines of, you know, I mean, 
the reality is everybody isn't totally trustworthy and we don't have, always have the time to figure it out. And so we have some legal protections and, mm-hmm. and contracts and, you know, we, we, we do some of that, uh, uh, whatever establishment of justice along the way to, uh, to protect, uh, interests. But anyway, I love, uh, I love what you did there and, and I'm going to turn this back over to you in just a second, but I, I want to mention, I, can, I have this sneaking feeling that we did this, uh, already on a, on a podcast, but just about a week ago, I got to know some folks who are part of something called the Genesis mission. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're in the, in the United Kingdom, genesismission.co.uk, I think is the website. And they have an approach to evangelization, which is like what you're describing in terms of sales. Sometimes we approach evangelization like, I've got this great thing that you better take. Mm-hmm. And uh, it all depends on how well I promote this great thing. Whereas if you take the other approach, which they take at the Genesis mission, which is, I'm actually interested in you as a person. And I want to hear about your life and understand you. And then I also do have this really important thing, Jesus, uh, who will make your life better, no matter who you are and what you're going through. Um, But I'll apply that to you personally as I get to know you personally. And so that sort of uh, need-based or or client-based approach to evangelization, um, I think they do really, really well. So uh, anyway. Oh, those are my thoughts about no, uh, it. it, it I, I think that's great. And I'm pretty sure that was our episode two or three ago at this point. I might have lost track. But yeah, the, the Genesis process, as you were discussing that, I was thinking this in, in my head about, about like, I, I really hope that that's part of what, what came across here. And in my own life, I mean, I actually am in the process, if not fully have done it at this point, of... Um, of saying, you know, we, we did a lot of good things for people in, in the real estate world and, and we still continue to do the business isn't over or anything like that. But where I'm personally have shifted and actually opened a new business to do this was there is a great deal of people out there that have created a business for themselves, have, have made something that they wanted to do. And for whatever reason, it's time to move on. Maybe it's retirement. Maybe I want to do another project, whatever. But they get to a spot where it's, I don't want to rebuild the kitchen before selling the house. I'd rather just board it up and walk away. And across this country, that happens all of the time where people will build a great business and then have no idea how to do it. Because at the end of the day, I know how to sell the bread. I don't know how to sell the bakery. And where we come into play is basically making it so that the bakery will run without you. So that you move on, do whatever life you want to do as your business owner. Go retire, live on the beach, go do another project. Whatever it is, again, cool. But all of your other bakers aren't going to lose their job because of this. And I, I have found just such a, a great, tremendous amount of this. And it might be because of the multiplier effect of it. You know, when I'm doing houses, I'm helping one family at a time, which is great. Again, not trying to diminish that at all. But when, when I solve a business, I'm selling I you know, tons of families because now they're, they're not employed instantly. And in some cases it's, it's communities. You know, if this is a place that has 50 households all lose their job at the same time because the owner, um, you know, had something happen to him, you know, maybe he died and maybe no one is able to take it over. Well, at that point that that's when these things fail and go away. And it's a very, it's a very tensionous place realizing I needed transition out of a business. And some people, there's all kinds of different emotions that go on there. Some negative, some positive, 
regardless of where you're at in, in the business. And we just help come in and fix that, um, make it so that it will still live, that the people will still have their jobs. And, and ideally that the new ownership group will, will want to grow the thing and expand it. If not, you know, keep it where it's at. So that's really what we have transitioned to kind of in the light. And actually was during the process of writing this book was realizing, you know, we're, we're doing a lot here, but let's increase that multiplier effect. And during that period, I mean, you guys can go back and listen to this about us having conversations about, are we called to, um, to, to how are we called to make a difference? And one of the things you told me was we're called to help as many people as possible, which is why we're called to grow our skills, to make ourselves better, to be able to help more people. Uh, and all of this is, is why I've basically <laughs> decided to, to say this is going to be the direction we're going to go for the foreseeable future here because I saw it as an opportunity I certainly can do, something I'm good at, and that's something I've done before. You, you mentioned before we help people that are our friends and not realize that I did this for a bunch of people during COVID because real estate wasn't doable um, during COVID in, in Pennsylvania at least. So you know, with that being said, you know, it's something I really enjoyed doing. I really, I'm really happy with the book with how it comes out. It will be coming out here at the end of September, based upon when you listen to this episode. It might already be out. Um, and, and also to extend the offer to the same thing I'm giving for other people on my other podcast, I go on as guests to all of our guests here at Father and Joe, all of our listeners. If you reach out to me on LinkedIn and tell me you listen to us here on Father and Joe, I'll give you a bigger discount than I am to the other shows I'm just a guest on. Um, but just connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, obviously, I'm Joe Rocky. And just tell me, you know, listener, give me a discount code for the book and I'll hook you up. Because that that's how um, that's how we're, how we're really growing and want to help people. Because I, I I think it's it's a story that needs to be told. Not necessarily how I made money in Vegas, but the actual skill set you get out of it. And it's applicable whether you live in sales or whether you want to just flat out be a better friend and a better everything else. Cause it's all about what we talk about here in father and Joe, the th- building a better relationship with yourself, a better relationship with those around you. And then obviously here, father and Joe underneath the umbrella of the relationship you have with God. And that being said, the final chapter is all about your need to be having closeness to God. I mean, that, that that's the final chapter of a book that the first word is casino. So that's why I wanted to bring the thing full circle here and have the conversation to make sure I wasn't stepping onto a grounds that was instantly committing sin here. But to recap what you told me in the beginning, it essentially was as long as you're living within your means, which is the same with any other issue, you know, alcohol or what have you, and you're not endangering other people, your family or anyone else, it's okay. And, and I think that, that that's the, the important message to say here is that, you know, I'm not running out there and taking a third mortgage on the house, hoping that, you know, the Broncos are going to cover on Sunday. You know, th- th- that's not what we're encouraging at all. And, and that's that's where you get into the severe areas of hurting each other, where you said that that is by definition immoral. So, Father, I, I know I went a lot. I talked way more than normal in our episodes here. But I do want to give you a chance to, to say something here before I talk off to infinity. Well, I think it's great, Joe. Casino sales master. For, mm-hmm. uh, for people to look out for and, and learn from. And uh, no, I really appreciate the, you know, the real natural integration of, uh, of, of morality. And 
you know, not surprising when we do things the moral way, it also turns out to be the most uh, f- fruitful, efficient, uh, productive, profitable way. Uh, mm-hmm. so sometimes those things don't happen as quickly in the short term as they do in the long term. You know, building relationships is always a, a longer strategy, but but those relationships make a huge difference. Now, again, we don't build the relationships just for the sake of the sale. That would be using a person to as a means to an end. But we build relationships because God brings certain people into our lives with whom we can collaborate in order to achieve a, a mutual goal, it, both of us growing in holiness and supporting each other on that journey. And so um, anyway, I think it's great that you're applying those lessons to the area of your life that you obviously know so well and uh, carry out professionally, but is not just a, a thing on the side. It, mm-hmm. It's a place, a, a, a context in which you express yourself and you do that as a, as a Catholic with a heart that's formed by God. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it goes back to something you said a while ago, you know, we all can learn how to be what we want, you know, professionally, you know, you, you as you were saying in your example, you can go be a computer engineer but it's a whole lot better when you computer engineer with God as a centric part of your life. And that's at the end of the day, if anyone gets any message from the book, that's what I hope comes across is implementing that into your daily life will make the difference to make some amazing things happen. Awesome. Perfect. Well, we thank everyone for listening. Hopefully everyone's gotten something from us here in this episode as well. And we will be with you again next week.